Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Very good morning to everyone. How are you guys doing this morning? You know, it's a very bit soft here. You know, the, the first service has probably half of the strength here, but their voice is actually louder than yours. How are you guys doing this morning? All right, thank you, thank you. Could you um, turn with me to the Bible? Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. We're going to go through 3, 7 to 4, 17 today. Before I give you a little bit more introduction of myself, I just want to take the chance to recognize Cindy, which is serving behind, uh, helping out with uh, the slides today. All right, thank you so much, Cindy, for, for helping out. Um, you know, many of you do not know this, but um, this was one of the first ministry that we serve as a couple so Cindy and myself, when we were in previous church, when we got married, our first ministry was actually serving in a tech crew. We were clicking the slides, we making sure that lyrics come in timely manner so that you, you, know, you sing and worship properly. We are making sure that you know, um, the presentation slides were up, the lighting, the sounding was sounding good. We were even doing videoing. That's what we were doing when we first got married as a couple. So I just want to also recognize the people that are here serving in the morning, the tech crew that started serving right very early. When I come in this morning, already everything is set up here. Shall we recognize them and give them some appreciation? <laughs> About myself, yes, I, I'm a Covenant EFC church treasurer. I'm my fourth year term now. And I say it a bit of excitement because um, this is my last year serving as a treasurer. Under the law, um, anybody could only serve as treasurer for continuously four years and I've come to the fourth year. So I'm a bit excited to step down and then to focus on some other stuff uh, in, in serving in other areas as well. I'm also the assistant district mentor, as Ben has mentioned, um, helping out with three zones and also 10 CGs. My day job is um, head of finance for an American multinational company and I deal a lot with numbers. Um, and over time, I've acquired a skill of telling stories from numbers, and I kind of enjoy it. Um, and if you want to hear more about this, I invite you to join us in the next AGM, <laughs> which I'll tell you more about the Covenant EFC stories uh, through numbers, right? It usually helps between March and April every year. However, this is my first time that I'm preaching here. Um, I'm not comfortable because I don't have numbers to accompany me today. <laughs> but anyway, I want us to sit back and enjoy exploring the Word of God together, shall we? Let us pray. Father, we invite your presence to be us. Lord, whatever that's spoken today, Father, may it be your voice that speaks to your people, that you convict and you touch the heart of us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you were here with us last week when we talked about how God can work through us in wherever God has placed us. 
and whenever we cry out to God and in whatever that we surrender to God. So now this week, we're continuing the Marketplace series. We're entitled Fears and Faithfulness. The calling of God expose my biggest fears, but reveal his faithfulness. In Exodus 3, in Exodus chapter 3, Moses encountered God. So let's find out what exactly did God say to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. In Exodus 3, 7, it says that, Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. Wow, this is what God said. He saw, he heard, he knew. He saw the hardship, he heard the cry of his people, he knew what was happening. Now the exciting part is in verse 8. What was God going to do about it? And in verse 8 it reads, And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptian and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. In summary, God's answer to Moses was, I've come down to deliver them. To deliver them from what? From the Egyptian to where? To a good broad land of milk and honey. Isn't this exciting? We had God shown up to Moses to tell him that he's going to do something, he's going to take action finally. I'm not sure about you, but have you ever wondered what went through Moses' head at that moment when God told him he was going to do something? What do you think his reaction was? Was it indifferent? I don't care, God, what you're going to do. Or was it excited? Yes, finally, God, you're going to do something. When Moses heard that God was going to come down to deliver the Israelite, what do you think his reaction was? Let's have a bit of fun here. I want to know what you think. Let's do a Mentimeter, and I'm sure everyone is not unfamiliar with Mentimeter. Just try that. I really want to hear what you think about Moses' reaction. Whether you think Moses' reaction was, I don't care, and number one, well, it's good to know, God, what you're doing, or tell me more, God, or I'm totally excited what you're going to do. Okay. All right, shall we see? 50%, almost 50%, half of you actually think that. Um, tell me more. That's awesome because, um, you know, when I was um, preparing this sermon, I, I myself think that it's going to be maybe two. Well, the Bible wasn't explicit in terms of saying how Moses' reaction was, but I felt it was two because, you know, after such a long time in the desert, his heart was pretty big cold, right? But at the same time, there's probably some excitement as well. So that's where, I guess, where you think that, you know, three, three is where you think it is. Tell me more. But regardless of what Moses' reaction was, I think the next statement from God was most likely blown him away in verse 10. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh. And God told him, come, I will send you to Pharaoh. I think that was probably the last thing that Moses wanted to hear. A lot of time, 
that's also something that some of us are fearful to hear. I call this a crisis of being called. Why was it a crisis to Moses? It was a crisis to Moses because it was totally unexpected. At that point, Moses must be speechless. Who? Me? Of all people? First was a bushfire that was totally unexpected and shocked him. Now God gave him a second shock. I want to send you. Send me to where? Pharaoh, the one that I ran away from? No way, God. No way. The second reason that it was a crisis to Moses was it reveals his greatest fears. Now at this point, join me in imagining the possible flashes, memories that started to appear before Moses. How he had humiliated himself for killing the Egyptian. How he was called a murderer by the Israelites. How he degraded from a prince to a fugitive. There's so much sense, this big sense of shame also in Moses, right, that he was a failure and how he ran away with no intention of returning. But here's the question to you, though. What exactly are these fears that we're talking about? How can Moses' fears be relevant to us today? In reading chapter 3, Moses' fear can be summarized into three fears. The fear of insignificance, the fear of insecurity, and the fear of inadequacy. The fear of insignificance is a question of who am I? It's a crisis of identity. Moses went through traumatic experiences. A prince that became a murderer, that became a fugitive. Not only was he a nobody, he probably thought that he was worse than a nobody. All he hoped was probably to live a hidden life for the rest of his life. Fear of insecurity is a question of what should I say and who will listen to me? Moses probably thinking, what will the Egyptian do to me? Will his life be endangered? And who would even want to listen to him? Fear of inadequacy is a question of how can I? I'm not eloquent. Moses had no idea what to do. Moses had no idea what to say. He's saying, I cannot do this. Have you ever went through a calling from God? Have you been nudged by God to go have a chat with someone at a workplace or your neighbor? Have you got this calling by God to just pray for someone or let them know that you're praying for him or her? Or perhaps, do you feel led to start a prayer group at your workplace but you felt exactly what Moses fear of insignificant insecurity and inadequacy. I used to work in this vicinity. In fact, my office was just behind me um, on the fifth floor in Changi Business Park. In 2016, which was about six years ago, I was asked to lead a marketplace ministry in Changi Business Park. Marketplace ministry can take different forms and shapes. The one that I was involved in had a mission to gather Christians from different companies, 
from different churches in Changi Business Park to pray and to proclaim Christ at our workplace. We ran prayer meetings, we ran alphas, we ran talks by Christian leaders, we ran leadership workshops, and all these were primarily done during the lunchtime hours. Earlier in this sermon, I asked you to share what you think Moses' reaction was, and most of you think it's three, which is good. Um, I went through the same process of reacting to God's calling. And what do you think my reaction was? To be honest, I was at two. It was a crisis for me to be called, and I struggled with it for quite a while. Well, leading a marketplace ministry was not natural to me at all. You see, like most of you here, I'm just a regular person at the workplace. I'm okay with my work and have a couple of good friends, but I'm not the popular guy at a workplace. I'm an introvert by nature. I'm not a guy that people will come listen to. I'm not a person that's good at organizing events. And I'm afraid to be asked by my boss, why do you have so much free time to do this? <laughs> and how do I even do this in the first place? I don't know what, what I should to begin to do. And who will listen to me? We're talking about gathering Christians, not just in the church. We're talking about gathering Christians from different companies, from different churches together. And they have very, very different backgrounds. There's just such a huge fear of insignificant insecurity and inadequacy within me. As I pray and seek God, I found a very gentle God that whistled to me two things. What are these two sentences? Do you remember your prayers? I was reminded by God that this was an answer to the prayer that I made some time back to have an impact for Christ at workplace. And I've forgotten about it. And God revealed that to me, a past prayer that I've made. Do you have forgotten prayers? I realized that I had. But you know what? Even if you have forgotten, God never forgets your prayers. The second sentence that God spoke to me was, I will lift you up. I will, it's a gentle voice that told me, I will lift you up in the city that I place you. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field. When I pray and seek God, God answered, and I recognize His voice. There are still fears in me, but God's promises comforted and restored my confidence. I will talk a bit more about what happened to me later, but let's discuss part two of this sermon. Let's continue with the Bible as we walk through Exodus 3.11 to 4.17. When God called Moses to serve, there were a lot of questions in Moses' mind. He was uncomfortable where he was. He was routine. His life was routine. There were probably very little worries. He was probably a very busy man, right? Busy on what? Being, probably trying to be the best shepherd that he can be in town. There's just many doubts in his heart that told him God's calling was an impossible task. And from reading Exodus, I find it very amazing that God did not leave all the questions unanswered. In fact, he reassured Moses. 
In Exodus 3, 11 to 12, Moses asked, who am I to go to Pharaoh? God answered, I will be with you. This shall be the sign that I have sent you. In Exodus 3, 13 to 18, when Moses asked, what shall I say? God answered, I will teach you. God told Moses, say this to the people of Israel. They will listen to your voice. You shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, I will stretch out my hands and strike Egypt. In Exodus 4, 1 to 9, when Moses asked, why would anybody, why would they believe or listen to me? God answered, I will empower you. Throw your staff on the ground and it became a serpent. Put your hands inside your clothes and it will bring leprous. Water from Nile will become blood on the dry ground. In Exodus 4:10 to 12, when Moses questioned, I am no eloquent, God said, I will equip you. I will be your mouth and teach you. I will send your brother Aaron, who can speak well, to be with you. When I say yes to God in the marketplace ministry, it's a start of a few amazing things quite out of my expectation. When God said, I will be with you, what does that mean for me? I realized that God not only invited me to a marketplace ministry to serve, it wasn't just a calling to work. In fact, it was actually an invitation to have intimacy with Him. There are so many things I do not know what to do. And you know, you know what? When I do not know what to do, I started to pray, I started to seek God, and I looked to God. And God guided me, God directed me, and God spoke to me. One of the things that I do when I started ministry at Changi Business Park was I started a prayer walk every Saturday in this place. That's right, around here, every Saturday. I did that for six months. I walked to every office building and prayed to God to open up the spiritual doors. Sometimes when I walked to the building and I started to weep, and I did not know why, but I believed the Holy Spirit was working within me. When God say, I will teach you and I will empower you, what does that mean for me? I realized that not only God was not only teaching me with his words, God also revealed amazing ideas during my prayer walks. One of the ideas was the use of social media marketing tools. How many of you guys know what is social media marketing tools, like Facebook marketing tools? Anybody knows that? I'm sure some of you know that. For those who do not know this, you know, it's, it's a tool used by business to target people for business purposes and you can buy groups of people by, for example, your location that you're in, for example, you know, by the religion that you have, your occupation, your interests, your habits. You'd be surprised how much Facebook knows about you and they target you with advertisement. So in your Facebook app, sometimes when you wonder why certain promotion comes to you, well, you have been targeted. I picked up the skill of Facebook marketing too by attending a free course, a free course 
in the Singapore Management University. You might ask, where in this world got free course? I tell you, yes, there is. A lot of them. It's called SkillsFuture. <laughs> Not trying to promote for government, but actually it's free. It's really free, and the government pays for it. Hence, with these new skills that I learned, I reached out to specific people um, for invitation to the marketplace talks. The result was phenomenal. I'm talking about hundreds of people that joined for the talks. I met with so many people that tell me that they want to serve together as well. So it's really inspirational. When God says, I will equip you, what does it mean for me? In my prayer, I was looking for people to help out in leading worship. One day, Pastor Tony came to me and said that um, he wanted to connect me with two young adults. And these two young adults are from Hope Church, and they met at a wedding dinner. It turns out that both of these um, young adults, um, one of them plays very good guitar, and the other one have great voice. And they came to join me as uh, worship leaders um, in th those sessions that I'm leading. So God answered my prayers. And not only that, God sent Alpha experts from a Methodist church to come and join, lead the Alpha. God sent me communication experts from a FCBC church that helped me with the communication to design the brochures. And some of my CG members, some of them here today, uh, they were helping out during their free time as well. They were helping out with ordering food. They were helping out with... Um, ushering, they were helping out with registration and some group discussion as well. I realized that suddenly a lot of people are journeying with me together, with many helpers from different companies and churches that united to serve God. I did this ministry for three years, and these are the pictures of the ministry work. Incidentally, as we worship here on Sunday, this was exactly the same place that you use it for ministry work on a weekday. This has been a faith journey for me that led me to see three things as I answered God's calling. First of all, all this were the work of God's hands. Everything. I'm just an instrument that He uses. Second thing, I experienced deep intimacy with God. I learned so much from him and make so much good friends that he connected me with. Thirdly, I saw and I saw the glory of God in the marketplace. I've seen move to different marketplace ministry because I'm no longer working here in this area, um, in, no longer working in Changi Business Park, but that was truly an amazing journey for me to experience God's leading as I wrap up today's session and um, ask the musician to maybe come up to minister to us, we have covered two very important key learnings from Moses' journey. The calling of God revealed a crisis of our greatest fears. Realize that sometimes you will only know your fears when you're asked to do something. Knowing your fears is not at all a bad thing. Fears allows you to understand your weaknesses 
your vulnerability and your insecurity so that you can feel bad about yourself or beat up yourself. No, on the contrary, fear allows you to know that you cannot, but God can. You'll be a very sad story if you just stop and knowing your fears and miss out the calling of God, the covenant in the calling of God. And that's the second key learning. God's calling brings unexpected blessing and reveals His faithfulness. It not only conquers your fears, it brings intimacy, it brings growth, and it brings glory to God. And experiencing it would change your discipleship journey from the inside out. Earlier this week, I met with a good friend um, that works in a manufacturing company. He's also very active in marketplace ministry, but in a very different, different way. He gathered a handful of just Christians in a workplace and to fellowship and to pray regular, regularly at the workplace. One day in a separate business meeting, uh, he noted one colleague was in tears in the middle, middle of the meeting. He reached out to this person and asked, what's happening? Why are you in tears? I noticed that you were in tears and realized that this person was deeply in debt. And he was deeply in debt because he was visiting the casino. You see, this person wasn't from Singapore, and he was placed in Singapore because of COVID, and he was alone here. And out of loneliness, he started to attend, to, send to, to visit the casino to fight the loneliness. The, the Christian group started to show concerns, pray for him, and took turns every day, check with him, text him, how are you today? How are you doing? Are you visiting the casino? Just to make sure that he's all right. All these prayers, love, and concerns build up a person that is in need. Question for you today, have you been nudged by God to take just a little step of faith at your workplace, or your communities, or your classes, or your neighborhood. This may be just small things such as getting a few friends to pray and care for someone else, just like this friend of mine did. Or it could be, you know, making some curry and cakes and you can share with uh, your neighbors. Or it could be just helping out in your marketplace prayer group by ordering food and booking the rooms. Or it could be even to ask a person in need if you can pray for this person. It could be anything to share your faith or to bring the love of God to the people around you. Brother and sister, we are all called to have the same calling. To love God, to love His people. And marketplace happens to be where we spend most of time in. Whether it's a workplace, whether it's an army camp, whether it's your school, whether it's your class, whether it's a neighborhood, or whether it's a communities. Feeling fearful is perfectly normal. You're not alone because I feel that all the time. The calling of God will often reveal your greatest fear, but we should not let our fear consume us but know that, know that we have a faithful God 
and His faithfulness is bigger, bigger than all our fears. Second, that we can get to experience greater intimacy as we serve His calling in our marketplace. The calling of God exposes our greatest fears, but at the same time, His faithfulness will overcome our fears. Shall we pray? If today's message has resonated with you or has stirred in your heart, can I ask you to just raise your hand as an act of surrender as I lead you in closing prayers. Father God, we come to you recognizing that you have called us to love you and love others. And you have placed strategically in specific places where we are, whether it's our school, whether it's our home, whether it's our workplace, whether it's our community centers or with our friends. We know that it is not mere coincidence on where we are today. Lord, help us to begin by seeking you in prayers. Help us to be the sword and light wherever you place us. It does not matter how small the sword is because you will make it saltier. It doesn't matter how dim this light that we have in our life because you will make it brighter. Lord, would you show and direct us where and how to make that difference in where you place us. Eternal God, would you soften our hearts from all our past bitterness and wounds and replace it with overflowing of joy, knowing that Christ, you have paid for everything, everything. Lord, as we step forward, bestow unto us faith that you are in control and you are drawing us closer in intimacy as we serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. We're glad you had spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811 or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.